Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Youth Thought Podcast. Same old cohort with me here today, Wyatt, Aiden, Jared, and Lucas. Uh, today, we're going to have an NFL Pact episode for you. Let's dive right in. First, some news that we missed. Uh, Cowboys fans are in shambles. Lael Collins just did one of the <laughs> stupidest things I've ever seen an NFL player do. He was suspended two games for mm. what? For skipping drug tests and then for trying to bribe the drug test collector. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb in itself. Then what did he do? He, he uh, appealed the suspension. The person judging that was like, wait, no, this shouldn't just be two. This should be five after all, which is what they wanted to do in the first place. Oh, so my God. pumped it up to five. And so now he's stuck out five and he's still trying to uh, appeal it. Which it, maybe it'll go higher. I don't know. But it'll <laughs> trying to bribe the drug test collector is one of the craziest. That things. is crazy. Like, We've all been there. We've all done it. Never be honest with themselves. So. <laughs> True. One thing I do want to say about the Cowboys, Wyatt, is put some respect on Dan Quinn's name. The Dallas Cowboys defense leads the league in takeaways right now. Come on now. Mm. I didn't know Jared that beating the Eagles was an automatic ticket to the Super Bowl. <laughs> if, I, if beating the Eagles was the automatic ticket to the Super Bowl, then you know what? It's the ticket to the division because what are the Giants doing right now? What? <clears throat> Who cares about the division? The division's always going to be beatable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Just wanted to get that in. <clears throat> I know you did. <laughs> it's fine. We, can... we couldn't tell from the fact that you brought it up during the <laughs> Immediately during the first yeah. possible opportunity. <laughs> we'll reflect on that come playoff time, Jared. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, in other cool news, this was really interesting. Justin Tucker broke the NFL record for longest field goal because, of course, he did. He, he kicked a 66-yarder that literally bounced off of the crossbar. Uh-huh. Barely made it in. People were joking on Twitter that it was it would have definitely been good for another point zero zero one inches. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, I, I don't know. There was like a Ringer article once about how he is making a conscious effort to eventually kick a seventy yarder, which is interesting. Oh, and wow. he might do it. I mean, he's like the best kicker in the league, I think. Apparently, he was numbers. nailing sixty yarders in the pregame, which gave mm-hmm. the the Ravens confidence to go for it. Then, yeah, it's a dog. But the funny right? thing or is. Some... Yeah. There was a who was the team that that attempted a sixty-four yard or something and got oh, it. The Cardinals, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Cardinals, the, Cardinals yeah. the Jaguars, yeah, uh-huh. so could have backfired just as well. Um, and then yeah, one other interesting thing that I just wanted to highlight: the Chiefs are under five hundred for the first time since twenty fifteen. Just like a testament to how good Andy Reid is. So that's uh, they've been on a great run. And they're probably gonna be fine this year, but uh, one and yeah. two right now, which which probably has some other fans a little worried. So. Yeah, all right, let's dive right in. We like to do our Thursday night previews, and this week's matchup is Jaguars and Bengals. <laughs> Jaguars are still winless. Trevor Lawrence still is well on pace to break Peyton Manning's rookie interception record of, I think it's 28. Uh, oh, and wow. Urban Meyer is still probably wishing he had stayed in college football. So, Lucas, <laughs> let me throw it to you. Are you seeing any real major red flags or for Jacksonville, or do you think maybe they'll be more like the Bengals and that they took the first overall pick with the quarterback, sucked in their first year, and then maybe, you know, see some improvements from year one to year two? So I think that it's, it's close to being a whole team full of red flags at this point. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not totally. Um, they're not a good football team. Um, but I think maybe the biggest issue that I've seen so far is that they have seem to have a really tough time, like in the second half and closing out games. In week two against the Broncos, they were up at the end of the first. They were only down by three at halftime. They lost by ten. <clears throat> this past week was even worse. In the second half, they were up nineteen ten against the Cardinals, then surrendered twenty one straight points to lose thirty one to nineteen. 
you know, they just seem to have, like, issues with, like, stamina and, like, just, like, keeping up the intensity throughout, like, all four quarters of the game. And they'd have just, like, fallen off and collapsed at the end. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you alluded to it in the open, seems to be an issue. He wasn't horrific this past week, but he's thrown a lot of picks, as you mentioned as well. Just to put a number to it, seven across the first three games. It's not only on pace to break the rookie rookie record, it is the worst in the NFL um, at this moment. Um, Tied with Zach Wilson, so we'll see who wins. Yes, that, uh, <laughs> who breaks that record first. Anyway, yeah, race yeah, to the we'll bottom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, on some more minor points too, I I don't think Urban Meyer is an NFL coach. Like I just think he doesn't know what to do in a situation where he can't pick and choose the most elite talent in the country. He doesn't seem to be able to control the locker room. I just think that's destined for failure. And on an even more minor note, I think their kicking game is quite bad too. Josh Lambeau missed two of three extra points this weekend and <laughs> kicking is like pretty important. Um, he still so, hasn't hit a field goal this season. He so. still has not hit a field goal, yes. Um, but granted, he attempted, I think, two 40-yarders and a 50-yarder. Sorry. But no, no, no worries. NFL kickers yeah. should be making that though. Yeah, they should. The 40s at least. Um, but so there are a lot of red flags, nearly a team full of red flags, but there are some very small positives. Um, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the Jags. The offensive line of the running game looked okay this past week. They put up 159 yards between James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. They both looked decent. The defense played well in the first half. Like I said before, they collapsed in the second half, but like they played a good half of football against like a pretty good offense with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Um, but I don't think... One half of defense in an okay running game is enough to save you from being a bad team. I don't think they're going to be like all-time 0-17 Detroit Lions bad, but I think they'll probably only win two or three games this year. And as for next year, I don't really see them improving as rapidly as the Bengals for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Burrows who did a better job adjusting to the NFL than Lawrence did, or it seems to be doing at this point. We've had a very small sample size, mm-hmm. obviously. But in his first three games, Burrow had five touchdowns to one pick versus five touchdowns to seven picks for Lawrence. Like, uh, even if they're throwing the same number of touchdowns, one is doing it much more efficiently and doing it in a way that helps this team a lot more. Uh, record is kind of a wash. Uh, Lawrence is 0-3. Burrow was 0-2-1. Um, <laughs> but it just seems like he was more in control of his teams, contributing more. I think part of this has to do with the fact, too, that the Bengals weren't great last year, but they still have more talent than the Jags have this year. And mm-hmm. so I think unless the Jags improve rapidly this offseason, uh, I don't think that we're going to see some huge leap in year two. Do you think Urban Meyer will, will still be here in year two? No. Really? Really? No. Like he's going to no. leave or the team's going to say, get out of here? Uh, by mutual consent. They're going to go like... 2-15 and 15 or 1-16 and 16 or something like that, and it's just like, well, very clearly not worked, and he'll take the USC but, job or something like that. But wasn't the like expectation, was, yeah. though, to go 2-14? and 14. Isn't that the expectation this year, kind of? Potentially even 0-16. Yeah, 0 and 16, but it just, like, just seems like a, a bad situation when they're, like, apologizing to their fans on Instagram after game <laughs> 2 or whatever they did. Like, the culture there just seems bad. He doesn't seem to, like... He's made multiple comments, like, even before the season started about, like, not liking aspects of the game as much as he liked college, like with recruiting and stuff. Like, it just has never seemed like a perfect fit there. And I just think that while the expectations aren't high this year, I it's just not going to work, is my inclination. Yeah. I just I like- wanted to quote, he just said, 
recently that every team they play in the NFL is like playing Bama, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is such, such like a, well, duh, what did you expect? <laughs> that was a little bit weird. Yeah. But yeah, so what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, I feel like he's too high profile of a hire to be fired after a year. I could yeah. kind of see him leaving, though, as Lucas kind of yeah. alluded to. Like, if he's, you know, decides that the best thing for his reputation is to be like, oh, USC has an opening, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. But, like, Hugh Jackson was 1-31. in 31. So, what, did he go winless in his first season and then just win one game in his second season? Yikes. Like, yeah. So, I could... There's, there's definitely precedent for them to not fire him after yeah. one season, right? That's that's for sure. Yeah, I, I just think that like his heart's not gonna be in it. They'll be bad. There's just gonna like like some agreement by mutual consent to like mm. him move on to somewhere else. Mm. We'll see. I don't think he's gonna leave after one year. To be honest, I think he knew what he was getting into. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, what? I say you kind of have to know what you're getting into because you're taking over for the Jaguars who had the number one overall pick. It's not exactly a mystery to them that they're one of, if not the worst team in the NFL. And the problem is for me, especially in this matchup against the Bengals is that the Jaguars just look bad across the board. And even their phenom Trevor Lawrence, who is supposed to be the next like John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck type guy, his interceptions are terrible. Yeah. They're atrocious. Actually, they're, They're not bouncing off the hands of these wide receivers. These wide receivers aren't exactly running the wrong routes or, or missing, you know, these things or whatever may happen. In the against the Cardinals, they tried to design a trick play to give Trevor Lawrence an overlook, an open look, and he still threw the interception. In his yeah. first game against the Texans, they just looked bad because his he was just throwing the ball straight to the defenders. Urban Meyer doesn't exactly look like he wants to be there. However, Trevor Lawrence has not adjusted to the NFL game the same way we thought he was going to. Last year when I watched Joe Burrow, I was like, that guy is a star. That guy is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. And I even believe that that guy can win a championship with the Bengals. Right? And just the Jags, there's just something off with the Jags right now. They just got fleeced in a trade with the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) They traded their number nine overall pick for a third rounder and a tight end to the Carolina Panthers, right? There's going to be a long road ahead if Urban Meyer doesn't pick his personnel very carefully. Lucas, you made the joke that he doesn't get to pick the elite guys, but there's going to be a level of good drafting here. Drafting Travis Etienne looks even worse now than it did before, but a running back in the first round. Mm -hmm. When you compare it to the Bengals, who drafted T Higgins in the second round. They obviously have Tyler Boyd. They, they got Joe Mixon late because of his scandal in college. Obviously you have the number one overall pick. You get Joe Burrow. And then, I mean, it was debatable whether or not Jamar Chase was a good pick or not, but he's found pay dirt in the last three games. And Panay Sewell has had, had found zero touchdowns. So he, he, clearly, is, <laughs> okay. he okay. clearly is way better for that offense. But, uh, you know, Urban Meyer, if he wants to turn these Jaguars around, he's going to have to start picking his personnel carefully and getting a lot more than just a third rounder and a tight end for the number nine overall pick. Bart? Well, I wanted to add to that because I wanted to – there's so much doom and gloom going around. I, I wanted to give a couple things that made me optimistic, a little more optimistic for them next year. So as you were saying, that trade it was maybe not great, but also if C.J. Henderson is just actually not good, then maybe it was fine. The thing about that, though, I noticed they have all their draft picks, or, like, they have a draft pick in every round. They have two third-rounders now. 
uh, if they're like the first or second overall pick, that really helps a lot as well. So I think they obviously the Etienne pick is sketchy now, but they could just as well pick another superstar next year, like the Bengals did with Jamar Chase. Uh, and then they also have the eighth most cap space for next year going into the offseason, right now at least. So, like, what did the Bengals do this offseason as well? They helped them a lot. They had a lot of holes on defense, and they plugged some holes, and they had some problems on the offensive line, and they signed some veterans to help there. I think there are, like, simple things like that that the Jaguars could also easily do to kind of mimic what the Bengals have done, in addition to also taking a superstar in the first round like the Bengals did with Jamar Chase. So I don't think it's that negative. It really does depend, like you were saying, Wyatt on whether Urban Meyer can actually evaluate people and draft the right people and sign the right people. Are signs maybe pointing to him not being able to do that right now? Sure, but I would also like to see him, you know, just have some more experience as an NFL coach and maybe he'll improve there. And Bart, here's my here's my question mark as far as Urban Meyer goes. They have James, James Robinson, which they really owe him nothing. He's an undrafted free agent. He was an undrafted free agent from last year. So he, it doesn't really cost them anything to keep him on the team but they still opt to use Carlos Hyde more than they use their phenom sophomore running back who was their rookie running back, uh, yeah. you know, in their um, offense. I know that he had a touchdown this week, but before then, he, he was not getting used pretty much almost at all. And they opt for guys they have, they go, they go to Marvin's Jones Jr. and Carlos Hyde more in that offense than anybody else. And those are guys that he brought in and he wants to be committed to those guys, but there has to be a level where it's like, I'm going to use the guys who are good and on my team. And he's kind of more preferring to pick the guys that he wants rather than looking at the full picture of an NFL team. Yeah, no, I think that's a valid point. People, I saw some Jags fans saying that it does seem like he's liking Robinson more and more. And like with each passing week, he's using him more. So maybe in a few weeks time, we'll see that he's like playing him super often. But yeah, I mean, you're right. That's that's like a fundamental skill for an NFL coach to have is to be able to play the, the good players. He absolutely hates DJ Chark. I don't think he said a good quote about DJ Chark in the, in the you know entire time that he's been in NFL. So yeah. Anyways, let's go around and give our predictions for this game. Uh, I'm assuming most most people are not fans of the fact that this was scheduled for a Thursday night game. It's probably not going to be super exciting, but let's see. Well, uh, it, might, it might be the only time we see the Jaguars on prime time. Probably, probably <laughs> is the only time. Yeah, for sure. So. Will uh, Trevor thrive under the lights or not? Yeah, <laughs> until the playoffs, at least, Jerry. Yeah, true. Thursday is closer. No, it's not. I was going to say Thursday is closer to Saturday, but I was going to say Friday, and I changed my mind. I was going to say that Trevor Lawrence would be more comfortable playing on a Thursday than he would on a Sunday. Because it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there have been two oh. kind of like clunkers of the Thursday night football games the last two weeks as well. Who was the last but, one? No, are Carolina you kidding me, though? The Giants-Washington game was amazing. That was a good one. No, that was, that was, that that was, was last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. No, Carolina and oh, you, well, you said the last two weeks. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, in, in this weekend last week. In, okay. Anyway, Because that's matter. the point of Thursday night football is to put teams on <laughs> primetime that usually don't get it. That's kind of the point of prime of Thursday night. I guess. But, that's the point. You know. <laughs> like you're never gonna see the Panthers Texans again on TV. Definitely, not I'm the okay Texans. with that. <laughs> um, anyway, it's gonna be a good week for one Cincinnati football team, and it's not gonna be the Bearcats. It's gonna be the Bengals, and the Bengals are gonna win 34 to 18. I think it'll be similar to the last two games for the Jags, where they kind of hang in for like a little bit of the first half, and then it just becomes clear that the Bengals are the better team, and they'll pull away. So, 34-18, Bengals. 
Are there a lot of like large felines in the Cincinnati area? You just <laughs> there must be. Their, their names are super similar. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I about think, that. Uh, here, no way. Here's a little anecdote. I think they have a pretty famous zoo, which is why that's true. they yeah. they are named after those. Yeah, I think that's right. Is, is that then maybe that's where Harambe got shot? But it is. <laughs> oh my god! I think, I think, I think that's the Harambe zoo. zoo. But yeah. <laughs> With the addition of Dan Arnold from the Jaguars, I think the final score will be 27 3 Bengals. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Dan Arnold, hold on. Extra. Dan Arnold, two catches for 35 yards. All right. Specific. I love that. Okay. Yeah, what the heck? Wait. Well, he's Urban Meyer's guy now. He's going to be a heavy feature of the offense. Go okay. pick up Dan Arnold in fantasy football if you haven't already. Uh, he's Urban Meyer's guy. He's the exactly two the catches for thirty-five yards is a feature. No, I mean yeah, it's, it's honestly it's honestly <laughs> very sad points, that there's no longer a Sam Darnold to, to Dan, Dan Arnold, Arnold yeah. connection. So uh, anyway, right. I'm gonna change my yeah. score. Yeah. What did I say? Twenty-seven to ten. Okay, oh. and now that give him a little more credit because yeah. Dan Arnold touchdown. Excuse me. Okay, I also have the Bengals. Surprise, surprise. Um, I don't know. The fact that they kind of put up points last week, I know they had that field goal return, but the, it kind of inspires confidence to me that they'll have them at 17. But the Bengals offense is going to put up a lot more. I have them at 31. So 31-17 Bengals is my prediction. I had almost that part. 28-17, I think. Yeah. I, Ours are I always think, really similar. Exactly. Aiden and I, I talk about this. <laughs> we got to <laughs> We're like, you got to add three to yours and it'll, it'll seem different. Um, but, but yeah, I think Joe, Joe Burrow wins the uh, battle of the frosh uh, QBs. Anyway. Yeah, I think I also went bagels. I actually changed my score because I wanted it to be a little bit different than everybody else's. I'm going to high scoring game, Bengals 35, Jaguars 24. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking back. At our previous week, I think everybody picked the Panthers, it looks like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who was the closest? It was uh, tw- whoever, somebody said 24. Aiden was probably the closest. 24-13 was his prediction. And hey, it was 24-9. Would you change your answer if I told you that the Bengals were sick and points allowed? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking with it. Where are the Jags? Yeah. They also they play the Steelers. Score. Okay, yeah. well they play the Steelers. Who else did the Bengals play? The Vikings and somebody else. I can't remember who the other team was. So yeah, the Vikings offense is good this year, and they kind of clamped them yeah. for a bit. So yeah, yeah. Huh. Would you we'll would you change it if I told you the Jacksonville Jaguars were twenty seventh in offensive points scored? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think this is their breakout game, man. It's like Pac-12 after dark. dark. Weird stuff happens on Thursday Night Football. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, We talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, and we are going to continue talking about young quarterbacks because this year's class kind of looks bad. Um, So Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are both winless. Uh, Mac Jones has only won once, and he won that game against the Jets and Zach Wilson. Davis Mills started once, he lost. And then the craziest stat you'll see in a long time, Justin Fields was sacked more against the Browns than he threw complete passes, 96. <laughs> and the Bears had a net passing art of one. <laughs> it's 2021 and they finished with one net passing art. Uh, and then Trey Lancey and Boken Kellen Mond also still haven't even remotely taken their starting jobs. So, Aiden, let's throw it to you. Is it like way too early to be reactionary and say that this rookie class is just not that good, or are they actually just not that good? 
Oh, it's it's probably too early. I feel like the the theme of this year has been that we've seen that quarterback situations might matter. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> totally die on the Sam Darnold hill yet, but things are are looking up there for the Panthers. So he's point number one. You have, you know, Matt Stafford, who it's not like Matt Stafford was ever a bad QB, but he's another guy who's really flourishing in a different situation to some degree. Um, and so I think that kind of makes it probably too early given how much pressure we've seen all these um like literal defensive pressure we've seen all these qbs have um uh, you mentioned the justin field sack um zach wilson and trevor lawrence have had the same thing pretty much um so it probably is too early with that said i definitely had higher expectation i you know i i think wyatt i think wyatt you were the one who said earlier that joe burrow like looked like a good QB early on, despite the fact that, you know, you could tell that his team was bad. Um, and you haven't really seen good QB from any of these guys yet. Uh, Mac Jones has been the closest, you know, he's, he's looked okay, but obviously is the best roster around him. Um, and he did have three picks this weekend, um, though several weren't too bad. You know, they're the usual, like got hit on one receiver bobbled another. Um, so there are plenty of conflicting factors but I, I do think we'll have to see whether, you know, the Trevor Lawrence's and Zach Wilson's, are they just like playing hero ball and will they learn to, that they gotta, you know, not just kind of chuck it up and make super unwise throws um, and, you know, control the ball and whatnot. Or if this will continue throughout the, throughout the um, entirety of the season, it very possibly could because there's no one has been impressed. Most impressive has probably been Davis Mills with his uh, one start. Was, was that his first start last Thursday night? It yeah. was um, obviously not against a good defense, but like he probably has looked the best so far. Yeah, I'm going to come out and say it. I think that, uh, that Zach Wilson's a fraud. Uh, what he's play, he I plays for the Jets though. You have to you I have know. to take a you have to well, pay listen, a strong we, grain we of salt. We never had a good sample size on Zach Wilson. <laughs> we never did. He last year he was like he was really good. Was his one good year last year? Um, and BYU played <laughs> nobody last year because of the pandemic. They played a bunch of FCS schools. I could light it up against. No, BYU you can't. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're the group of five supporter. What the heck? Yeah, you're telling me I couldn't throw a couple touchdowns against Western Kentucky, Texas State. I don't know that you North could. Alabama, San Diego. State. I don't know. I've seen you throw football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went there. Down. Yeah. <laughs> So you'll know that if I play Troy in a game, <laughs> I could, I don't know. I mean, I just think he's looked bad. I realize the Jets are bad, but he just like, I think we didn't have a good enough sample size on him. A lot of it, came, he jumped up huge during the combine, but he doesn't have to play against the defense in this like pro day. I don't know. I just think that he has shown himself to be a fraud. Yeah. This Houston, Boise State, UCF. Coastal Carolina, you're abandoning your roots, Lucas. Yeah, those are, those are that's okay. Components. What are you going to tell their kids, yeah. Lucas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to tell their kids? I don't know. <laughs> Do they play for bad football teams? <laughs> no, I. Well, I think, Aiden, you were talking about situation. It is shocking how much they've struggled. When you look at last year, they had a pandemic offseason, right? Where we had like little time to adjust right it was pretty early in the pandemic days and like you said and Wyatt said this Joe Burrow looked like a pro from at least week two for me Justin Herbert 
you know, like coming in, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow came into the worst offseason situation you could probably possibly have with the pandemic and lit it up almost immediately. So it's very, very shocking, I think. Like, I, I was going to cite this too. I think, no, somebody cited this already that Joe Burrow through his first, first three games only had one pick. Trevor Lawrence has seven. It's like, that's pretty shocking. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think, like you were saying, Nathan, the coat. I don't know. Maybe it's the coaches are letting them down in their respective situations, uh, but or maybe they're not as good as we think. Especially like when you look at Tua struggling as well, and then Mac Jones, those, and then Jalen Jalen Hurts, love the guy. I'm not really sure like on if the book is still out on him. You know, these Alabama quarterbacks are benefiting. A lot of these quarterbacks were benefiting from a great system, right? So in college, so if that system's not there. It's kind of tough. Yeah, that's I I okay. So I was gonna say one thing is that it does like any single one of them have a good enough offensive line this year. It feels like no, especially like Justin Fields with the Bears was like oh horrifying. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are saying Matt Nagy is the real reason for that awful performance scheme wise. He did nothing to help Justin Fields, which is another thing. Mm. But here's I wanted to to add to the point about touchdowns and interceptions. One weird thing I noticed. I looked back at the first three games for like the main guys from last year, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Hertz. Uh, not a single one of them had a like negative touchdown interception rate. Not negative, mm. sub one. Uh, Justin Herbert, who was probably the best in the class, had the worst one at five to three. Every single one of these guys, besides Davis Mills, yeah. who I don't really care about, is worse. Oh. And also, uh, yeah, like one, two to seven for Zach Wilson, five to seven for Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Justin Fields is 0 to 1. Mac Jones is 2 to 3. And then another weird thing is that of the uh, of the quarterbacks with 35 plus passes this year, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields are the bottom four in completion percentage. So it really seems like they are just literally not as good at throwing the football <laughs> as last year's quarterbacks. And so maybe last year's class was like a really exceptional. That um, only time will tell. I would believe that they were really really talented. But it also goes back to like if you're getting you know pressured constantly and if your coaches don't know how to set up good schemes to support you and what your talent is, then look, of course you're not going to look good. So I agree with you entirely, Aiden, that if we just give them more time and we'll see them maybe switch teams or go to different systems, things like that, we could very well discover that they're actually going to be quite good. I especially am not sold on Zach Wilson not being good. He had a beautiful play at one point. He, yeah. he, he escaped pressure. Yeah. He ran all the way around. He made a beautiful throw down the field. Intercepted wide because it tipped off the receiver's hands. It's like yeah. things like that. Like you can't coach yeah. that. That's like that was really impressive to me. The intangibles. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The Jets, yeah, the Jets are also. But besides all the sacks which we've gone over, they lead the league in drops at the moment too. So <laughs> none of these guys are getting a ton of help. So it's. I feel like last year, as you look at like Tua and Justin Herbert, like they came into solid situations to some degree, and that both of yeah. those teams are solid. Um, Joe Burrow less so. But yeah. um, all the guys this year besides, like, Mac Jones, like, if you look at, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and I guess Justin Fields, given the, you know, Bears offensive line, um, that's, those are pretty bad cases to, to enter into. And I agree, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a little bit of sympathy as far as rookie quarterbacks. Between every rookie quarterback that we've mentioned so far, the best receiver out of all of them for Davis Mills is Brandon Cook. And he plays with Davis Mills. And last year, the best receiver out of all of them was Keenan Allen, who I think is one of the best five receivers in the NFL. Mm. None of these guys, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, 
are going in with first-year head coaches and Davis Mills, first-year head coaches. Mac Jones, I know that he's in a pretty good situation. Justin Fields. I'm going to talk more about Justin Fields in a second. But <laughs> out of all of these guys, the best offensive line is at 23rd, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 23rd no. best offensive line out of all of them. And I, I thought that, that we'd see a little bit more shine, especially, you know, a diamond in a pile of crap looks pretty good, you know. So I thought that Trevor Lawrence would have shown flashes more, or Zach Wilson would have put together, you know, a couple more spectacular plays. Yeah. But I think that necessarily that they just are not in a in great spot. Justin Fields, who should be in the best spot out of all of these guys outside of Trey Lance, was given the worst play script any coach could possibly give their rookie quarterback oh for their first start. The Dan Orlovsky said it on I think it was get up or NFL today Matt Nagy has lost his job Matt Nagy should be fired he had over are you kidding days. we're three he games had in a hundred days to prepare for Justin Fields first start and this is the game plan they didn't move the pocket they didn't use his athleticism at all that he got hit I'm pretty sure more times than he completed a pass and yeah the, he got sacked he got sacked yeah, yeah. he got sacked the Bears did in a terrible job. Not only has Ryan Pace put together the worst offensive <laughs> line and that you could possibly put together as a GM, but Matt Nagy did not help Ryan Pace at all. He did not, you know, put their case or cool down their hot seats any less because they did what a disservice to who I think is now the best quarterback in that in that draft. Who didn't get a chance to show anything. So I I, I think that none of these guys are in great situations, and uh, Zach Wilson. I'm going to give him some time because he is a defensive head coach. Uh, you give him probably another year, and they're going to put together a better roster. I believe in the Jets the most, believe it or not, out of all of these guys. And uh, Mac Jones is just – he's going to be a game manager, and uh, they're going to have yeah, to find ways I to agree. use him quickly. But I think you put more dynamic guys in the offense around Mac Jones, and then you, you kind of go from there. Yeah, did you see people were like rep- apologizing to Mitch Trubisky? Because like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, <laughs> maybe we were wrong about you. <laughs> maybe it was it was all naggy. Anyway. <laughs> the Bears said that all three quarterbacks on the roster are going to be considered for the starting Yeah, I saw that as week. well. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, after you have 47 total yards in a game, yeah. only one of which is passing. They also who are the Bears playing this week? They played a the Browns defense like Miles Garrett was torching that line like that's four and a half sacks. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's not kind of like with Tua's <laughs> debut against Aaron Donald. That's not who you want to be de- debuting against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they play the Lions next week. Oh, okay. tough, tough matchup. <laughs> okay. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, had it not been for the longest field goal in NFL history, the Lions would have won at this point. Yeah, so they're, 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 they're pesky. I'll tell you that. I, I like it's the, they got a little fire uh, in them. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's the second gonna, second yeah. time in history the Lions have lost on the longest field goal in NFL. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Tom Dempsey or something in like the seventies kicked like a sixty-two yarder or sixty-three yarder. That was the longest at that point. Um, yeah, sixty-three, and the Saints beat the uh, the Lions in that game. Yeah, so. that is the most Poor Detroit guys. Lions way to lose a game. <laughs> oh man, that's actually outrageous. Uh, okay, let's round things off with uh, some more, hopefully, upbeat 
some completely subjective discussions here, just literally about which teams we've, we're enjoying the most and are looking forward to watching the most. This is just inspired by the fact that the NFL has had some crazy games already, some crazy finishes so far, and we're only three weeks in. It seems a little bit uh, uncharacteristic almost. But anyway, so other than your main team, who are you looking forward to watching for the rest of this season? Let's start with you, Jared. For me, it's the Chargers. They they lost a game based basically due to penalties against the Cowboys, let's be honest. Uh, where they've 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 done that so many times where late in the game they get into the end zone and they have like a illegal formation penalty or something mm-hmm. so stupid. They almost lost to the Chiefs again because of that penalty. But then they picked off Mahomes, drove down the field. It was crazy. There was like they were gonna kick a field goal, decided to go for it on fourth down, got a false start, fourth and nine, we're still going for it, converted, uh-huh. and then it was just crazy. It was so, so fun to watch. What, yeah, Lucas? The fact that too at the end of the game too that they scored a touchdown instead of running down a yeah. clock to kick the field goal too was stupid. To give like, Mahomes like yeah like thirty five seconds. Yeah, but he had like, a score. T- he had a score touchdown though, so I, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I don't know. If it's a field goal, yeah. I think you have a little bit more problem with that, which you saw in the 49ers game. But um, yeah, they have a great, exciting QB. Last time I checked, they have a lot of Notre Dame players too. So yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think definitely the Chargers. They they played two NFC teams. And the Seahawks always clog up, you know, I'll watch the Seahawks too, but they always clog up a spot whenever they play. So I haven't gotten to see the Chargers play too much, but once they start playing the AFC teams, I think they're going to be on TV quite a bit. So, yeah. They're just going to be on TV quite a bit now anyway because Herbert is easily becoming one of the, like, the you know, the superstar-ist mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> young players in the league. So, yeah. yeah. Lucas, what do you think? Yeah. Mine's kind of a schadenfreude pick in which I'm happy to see a certain team crash and burn, um, and I'm enjoying watching it, and it's the Indianapolis Colts. Um, <laughs> um, Carson Wentz has not been good, and it's an Eagles fan that has been good to see, um, that I finally feel validation um, that seeing he wasn't actually a good quarterback. PFF gave him a C this weekend grade, but they did so on the condition that it was pretty impressive him. He went like 19 for 37 with like under 200 yards passing. But because he had two sprained ankles, like I don't know. <laughs> you can't give him that bad a grade if he's playing on two sprained ankles. Um, but there's like quarterback drama there too aside from Wentz. When it looked like he might not play this weekend, Frank Reich refused to name like who would play in his place. Um, like they're like, if Wentz can't play, who will play? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. Like that was just like his party line. So I think that's some fun drama. Um, the defense is playing poorly, which means in most games they play, it'll be pretty high scoring, which is fun. Every game so far they've played this season has been interesting at the very least. They've actually played some like good teams kind of closely. Um, so I think that they're an interesting team to watch. There's a lot of drama, a lot of chaos. Um, I don't know. I think it's... I took the idea of soap opera a little less enjoyably and just like a team that seems like a mess, but in kind of a fun way, I think that the Colts are kind of a mess in a fun way because they're, they're a very talented team in theory. They have a great offense. Jonathan Taylor is great, um, but they just can't seem to put it together, but make all their ga- games interesting. Yeah. Lucas are the hard are... right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yep. So they're yeah. literally, uh-huh. literally going to be yeah. a soap opera. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh-huh. It'll be fun. <laughs> Your wish is fulfilled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aiden, what do you think? Uh, I'm going with uh, Wyatt and Lucas's favorite team, the Lions. Um, I <laughs> honestly, I wish they were on Hard Knocks. I want to see Dan Campbell on Me Hard too. Knocks saying wild stuff. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I've like I've enjoyed watching the Lions so far this season. I feel like they send it, 
Um, but of course they have, they've got to have that, you know, lion's bad luck. Uh, cause otherwise, you know, who would they be? Um, cause week one, we saw that, that, that almost like wild comeback against the 49ers where they were down yeah. by like 30 points. And then they came within like, a, what was it? Like they scored several touchdowns in a row. They recovered like an onside kick. It, it almost was crazy. They played hard against the Packers though. You know, that game ended up being a bit of a blowout. And obviously we had that, like, the Ravens game, which was just hilariously tragic. I mean, Lamar Jackson <laughs> yeah. converted, like, what, a fourth and 19, 19. or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, like, 30 seconds left. And then they make the kick that, yeah. But then they have the, the play clock expired, right, on the, yeah. um, the snap oh, before yeah. the field goal. But it wasn't called. And then Justin uh-huh. Tucker kicked it. Um so honestly, like, you know, when you watch a Lions game, especially this year when they're, I feel like they're keeping it close. They have like, you know, they have the, the motivation, um, but you know, you're going to see something kind of ridiculous. Um, though I am kind of curious to watch the next couple of weeks. I think um, like they had a pretty tough schedule to start the season. I mean, what they had the 49ers, uh, Packers, Ravens. That's, that's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. They've got the Bears coming up. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think they, they could give, uh, Justin Fields a little bit of, or whoever starts, um, a little <laughs> bit of trouble. Um, so, so yeah, Lions, I feel like it can be pretty soap opery. Mm-hmm. They might go three and over their next three games with the Bears, the Vikings and the Bengals. All winnable. Yeah. All winnable. Vikings look pretty good though. Yeah. They did look good. I, we'll yeah. You know, I'm yeah. going to admit something. I vote, I said that Kirk Cousins was the surprise trade. If he played as well as he did last week, uh, he, there's no way they would trade him. But I thought that the think... Vikings were going to start really slow, which I guess that's still right, I guess. And uh, then, you know, Kirk Cousins was going to get traded and Kellen Mond was going to get his start, but I was wrong. I was right about Julio Jones. I was wrong about this one. <laughs> I think I saw a stat that uh, Kirk Cousins has, like, the longest active streak of passes without an interception. I believe. Is that correct? You know who doesn't? I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know that he's. I mean, he hasn't thrown one yet this season. I know that. Yeah, I think he has the longest streak. Then, pretty sure I heard that stat. Anyway, well, speaking. Well, he's playing every game. Go ahead, speaking of the Vikings, I'm not gonna pick them. I'm gonna go <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ooh. who I think, I think Ben Roethlisberger right now, outside of the rookies, is the worst quarterback in the league. He has never looked worse in his career. <laughs> what? And he, they, his whole identity is that he's a playmaker and I don't think he's made a single play so far. The Steelers would have been better off letting the old man walk rather than bringing him back even if they were going to cut his contract down just a little bit. Here's the reason why they're a soap opera. They still have a really good defense. Najee Harris is going to go show flashes. The wide receivers are dynamic. We're waiting for Chase Claypool to break out and Mike Tomlin has never gone you know, sub 500 at uh, to end the season as a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. But given that they have such bad quarterback play, there's a good chance that they're going to be fighting that streak here about round or about week, you know, 10 or so. We're going to be looking at them and saying, you know, maybe uh, this is the first year that Mike Tomlin goes sub 500. They look bad and and Ben yeah. looks worse. Uh, he, if you think about some of the other older quarterbacks like Tom Brady and even Phillip Rivers last year and Aaron Rodgers, he looks like a 39-year-old should love. Uh, God off. <laughs> Bart? 
Yeah, I was also going to possibly discuss the Steelers, so I'll just say an easier one to keep it different. <laughs> I think the Ra- the Raiders are an obvious answer here. Um, yeah, so like they're, I mean, they're just going to be like all their games have been high scoring. They're definitely an offensive oriented team. Their defense doesn't seem like it's going to be particularly good. They're three zero. They've beaten three good teams: mm-hmm. the uh, the Steelers, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. The Ravens, mm-hmm. maybe the Ravens aren't that good. They almost lost the Lions. Weird. What is that that we say about the not comparing across? <laughs> Anyways, um, Derek Carr averages like forty five throws a game, which is nuts. John Gruden is still one of the like more interesting personalities in the league, so that's fun to watch as well. And their owner is still just like, a weird dude as well. So I just think. They're going to be a fun team to watch. They definitely will be, uh, like, obviously, I would think in the playoffs, and they could very well make a run in the playoffs, too. So, yeah, that's I'm going to say the Raiders, just because it seems like all their games, at least if not, are uh, super close or high scoring, which is just as fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again. As always, share with your friends. Share on social media. Share with us what you liked and didn't like. Keep sharing the joy of this podcast, and we'll see you back next week.